Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl. More for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie. Uh, I'm delighted to say Tara Walsh, Leslie Williams and Esther McCarthy join us all once again. Good afternoon to you all. Good afternoon. Hello. Hi, Sean. Are you, there you are. You're all there uh, loud and clear. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see what you have to say about Serrano, Esther. I quite liked it, actually. Um, oh, and I quite, because they got lots of raves, I thought. Yeah, and I talked maybe a little bit about my... No, I'm not going to go negative on it. It's very good. I have a little bit of an issue with Joe Wright, the director, who's like... He's just, there's a kind of a, he has a distancing effect. He's a beautiful filmmaker, but sometimes I can feel a little bit detached from his films. Even um, Atonement, which is regarded with a lot of people really love. And of course, um, set the career of a young Irish actress, uh, 11 year old by the name of Saoirse Ronan on its path, you know. Um, so he makes exquisitely beautiful films. But I, my point on this one is, I suppose, I, I don't always get emotionally involved with them. Uh, but I think the winner here is Peter Dinklage, um, an absolute proper leading man. And because the way the story is told, it's allowed to be a proper leading man. And he's just the heart and soul of the film. I just think he's great in it, I have to say. Yeah. And uh, Studio 666, what's that? This is, um, I think Tara was talking about this a few weeks ago, I if I'm was. right. It, yeah, yeah I'm it, dying it is, to see it. It is fantastic. Like, I mean, it's not a very good film, but it's so much fun. <laughs> it's uh, it's the Dave Grohl one, Sean. Oh, um, right, yes. The Foo Fighters uh, go in to um, make their difficult 10th album. And uh, they go to a haunted house. <laughs> like, if you're laughing at that, you're going to have so much fun with this. Um, they decide to go to a haunted... Uh, well, they don't know it's a haunted house. Their manager has set them up. And, uh, yeah, it's a basically an examination of Dave Grohl as this kind of ego, maniacal uh, rock star who becomes possessed by a devil after listening to music backwards, of course, and um, decides he is going to try and slay all of his band members so that he can have a solo career. And okay. it had me at Waterworld. I think one of the very first scenes you hear Dave Grohl talking about how Waterworld is one of the best movies of its generation. And I thought, yeah, I'm, on, I'm up for this. And uh, it's so... I've never seen a film try so hard to get an 18 search. I mean, the language in it makes In Bruges look like Bambi, I would say. And it is extremely violent as well. People uh, die in all sorts of um, imaginative ways. I had great fun with this. I okay, can uh, can any of them act? Can Dave Grohl act? Because uh, he was in. He did. A, he had a bit part in the morning show where they actually gave him a short line. Well, very good. I think. I mean, I've been reading interviews with him about why they did this, and that, I mean, they're working with them. Um, a guy who directed a lot of their films, uh, music videos, actually, BJ McDonald. So there is that, you know, they they are a performing kind of band. They've always kind of gone there with their music videos. Um, can any of them act? That's a bit of a stretch, I would say, Sean, I, would, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think what they've done really wisely here is Dave Grohl gives a very good eye roll, it has to be said, and I did not tire of it. Um, but yeah, some of, them, some of them are a little bit more wooden now. Um, that's yeah. kind of part of the fun. I don't know if I was watching a film that was kind of embracing its badness, but I certainly felt I did. I was, um, and it wasn't going to let uh, any of its shortcomings get in the way of having fun and giving fun to its audience. That's what I really liked about it. Uh, now, I don't know if you heard the start of the show, but I was chatting to uh, Paul Catermole, who, as you no doubt know, is a former member of S, Club's, uh, S Club 7. Uh, now he's a professional psychic. 
So uh, I'm just wondering. Now, he says anyone is psychic. So and I'm wondering if any of his skills rubbed off on me, because I know you have seen the Batman, but you're embargoed from saying anything about it. So um, I'm um, I'm just you loved it. Mm, Has it got gardening in it? Um, I would say what I would say is if films are bad these days and they're big, the embargo tends to be dropped very, very late, maybe even the day before release. What I would say is this is out next Friday and the embargo drops Monday. Um, so it's, uh, look, I'm just going to say it, Sean, okay? Is that? It's really, really good. Okay, it's all really, right. really, good. Uh, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you broke the embargo by saying it was garbage, then, you know, they'd be really annoyed with it, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, there, there's so much to unpick. And I, I suppose, I think it, you'll see a heap of stuff on, I think it's the embargo is on five o'clock on um, Monday evening. And I know a lot of people are really up for this one. And, um so if you, I think if you go onto my Twitter or you go online generally from five on Monday, you'll see a heap of stuff coming through. Right. But I really liked it. Okay. Will there be, to- will there be talking points? Will there be, a, a, you know, things people will argue about? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it feels like, I, can, I mean, I can confirm there's a bat in it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm not, no, but just, you know, the way that people will argue about the beginning or, or, or the end or his voice or, you know, how he yeah, looks in, I mean, in, I think in his pants outside like his trousers. <laughs> there is that, actually. Um, I think it kicks a lot of that stuff into touch. Which is what is what I'd say about it. What okay. I really about it. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Now I I was just keeping you talking there because uh, <laughs> Leslie like, Leslie Williams is here. Secret to talk, of Fatima here. Yeah, Leslie Williams is here to talk about wine, but he was seen to me preparing a sandwich for himself <laughs> there uh, for a few minutes. So, um, I, I, what is that? Is that like porter cake yeah, you have this, there? This is an extremely rich chocolate cake. We right. had a discussion okay. on the show recently as to whether you could match chocolate cake with wine and I'm going to give it a go. It's debatable, but I think I think this wine gives it a pretty decent go and we're going to have that later. Okay, and um, these are so, two wines in so southern one, France? One, well, yeah, one is a southern own natural um, Cotarone Grenache based, um, which is, is delicious, called uh, Chatfou, Crazy yeah. Cat. And the other one is a Mori, which is a Vendu Naturel, naturally sweet. Uh, it's a little like a French version of port um, and I think oh. it really works with chocolate. So. so I thought I had to bring chocolate. Okay, know. I see. All right, a good one. Yeah, indeed. Crazy Cat. That's yeah. a great name. Uh, now, <laughs> no doubt, uh, Tara, my favourite showbiz story of the week, Tom Holland's mother makes a complaint. <laughs> Stop making him swing off that building! This, what, what was she complaining about? Oh, this is such a funny story. So, um, in a recent interview, he spoke about how close he is with his mom, and he was saying that when he first started as Spider-Man, he you know, was so eager to please the producers and to please everyone behind the scenes that he didn't want to say he needed to go to the bathroom for a break during filming and mm. there's no zipper in the Spider-Man suit. So it was a very difficult task if he did need to go. Um, so he called his mom after one long day of filming and he was like, I'm, I'm really struggling here. This is difficult for me. I, I'm not getting to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and with he, she didn't warn him and she called the studio and complained and said, you need to give him more toilet breaks. And then, Does he not have an agent who would take care of that kind of thing? I would have thought. I know, there's so many questions I have about this. Also, how does she just have a number for the studio? Where did she go? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, she's just like, like ring the front desk and yeah, say, I'm like, Tom Holland's mother. <laughs> sure you are. Just like on the phone to Kevin Feige from Marvel. like. That's mad. But yeah, so, so one of the producers approached him on set and asked him how his 
bladder was and he he was like why are you asking me that it's fine and then he said your mom called and then Tom knew straight away and he was so embarrassed and and then he didn't share any more of the story after that so I don't know if they got it sorted did they put in a zipper you know these are the questions well, imagine, well actually that's something that the, the entire Marvel franchise has mm-hmm. never addressed about any of these characters how do they go to the loo yeah well, I, I don't have the answer I wish I did Sean but yeah well I mean you know the Incredible Hulk just like you know, yeah. hitches yeah. down the trousers. That's no problem for him. But a lot of them would be like quite elaborate, I would have thought. Yeah. If you're in the middle of a battle scene trying to defeat aliens and then you have to take a quick pee, there's, you know, yeah. what are they going to do? Like the aliens are going to go, oh, no, no problem. You just stay there. Uh, we, we, we want to destroy the world until you're back. Didn't Batman used to have a nice big cod piece that they could have hidden something? In? That's the thing. Yeah, I would, I would have mm. thought they'd put an old nappy on them oh, just yeah, so they could keep going. That makes you know, sense. Like, like astronauts. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that they could keep on the battle, you know, keep the battle going rather than yeah. taking a second to jump into then a again, I mean, really, you know, you're like some superpowered superhero and you're wearing a nappy. <laughs> That's going to be maybe a bit, you know. Sorry, most superheroes wear pants, okay? so That's true. Like, yeah. let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, actually, that's probably what they are. They probably are nappies. Yes. They just spray paint them red. Uh, right, so uh, which is uh, the first one okay, we're going so to talk fr- about fr- today? first one is, is Chat Fu, uh, which is... Uh, I'll just hand you your glass. Can you? Okay, oh, thank you very much, yes. And uh, uh, one for Tara. So uh, yeah. this is a wine that I drank uh, three times last week and I thought, shag it, I'm going to have to bring it in here and let it, uh, give it one more go. Um, it's in my Wine Common Examiner tomorrow and it's also in the restaurant review that I wrote because I was drinking it in... Um, uh, Alta Winterhouse, which is this really cool place on the top of a car park, uh, which is really good. Um, okay. They had lads, they used to have a restaurant on. Anyway, I was drinking it there. Where, so, where, I mean, where's the car park? So it's like Trinity Street car park. On the fifth floor, you go out and it's all like this jazz band and there's a ba- there's a bar and then everything's cooked Wow, is fire. there it's a really building good. there or you're just like eating among, uh, you, among you, the, the cars kind <laughs> of thing? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they've cars. They've, they've okay, that would be like dangerous. Yeah, yeah, they put a canvas over the roof basically, um, and uh, so it looks so it feels kind of warm and stuff, and okay. everything's cooked on fire. Honestly, it was the most. Ex- okay, plot spoiler. I think it actually might be in the examiner's online version today. I, it's the highest marks I've ever given. I thought it was amazing, basically. And that's if, if not, oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. And it has been there for very long. It, it, it opened just in December. I just didn't get in in late November, early December. It's the same ads who had Alta which was in the old um, Satanta Place there because of the car parks at the mm-hmm. car park and then they also were in Slain Summer House where they were cooking barbecue and the extraordinary bunch of lads um, well Niall Davis in particular and Hugo Higgins I think is his is, 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 is um, comrade in arms and uh, they're just uh, most extraordinary fa- and look it was fun it was huge fun I should yeah. be telling and you and is it all it's all, sorry it's all barbecue then it's all yeah, over it, flame it was, but it's all cooked over fire but it's like the scallops were cooked on hot coals and they were immaculately caramelised but it's still practically you know still barely cooked in the middle just just enough um, but you know never mind them they were amazing but the, the chicken roast chicken sauce they were sitting in oh. <laughs> like we just were sticking okay. our fingers into the communal bowl licking the sauce out and uh, anyway enough with that so I was drinking it there and it was kind of winding <laughs> so I was like I'm going out to dinner I may have picked the wrong place <laughs> it's, it's it, get on the, it's hard to get into because it's, oh, it's popular it is, um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, anyway it's worth a go um, anyway so we were it's, this is the kind of one that actually goes really really well with their food because it's really soft Textured, right now. I'm. I, I like wine to taste good. I don't care if it's natural or not. If it's mm. natural and it tastes good, then I really like it. This is a twelve and a half percent zero sulfur, um, organically grown uh, natural yeast. It's exactly the kind of wine that uh, Mick would love, um, and it is. Um, 
Uh, it's available in the likes of, say, Green Man Wines, Pinto Wines, um, and uh, it is just really fruity and soft and, mm. and delicious. And it's it's just exactly what I want from a natural wine. Um, yeah. It's really just creamy. It's like a, so I, I think tomorrow I said something like, like it's like you, you shoved a big fistful of raspberries into your mouth and then and then and it, so it leaves that little tart. Yes. But all that yeah. sort of red fruit as well. I'd yeah. rather the wine than yeah. that actual option. It's uh, really uh, nice. It's really yeah, lovely. It's really, fruity. Yeah. it's really soft, fruity, you yeah. know. It's 20, 23 to 26, depending on where you go. I think okay. I paid 24 today. Uh, and it's only 12 and a half, which is... 12 and a half, which is low. Which is a yeah, rarity yeah, yeah. these days. Northern Rhone. I mean, he's a bit crazy. It's mostly Grenache, but he throws a few red, white grapes in there as well. Some Chasselas and Marsan, and he has a bit of Sansa, and he throws all the grapes in together and bundles it all up and that's the, the yeast <laughs> in the air catch hold of it and ferment it and uh, oh it's one of those jobbies yes, oh, no, yeah. yes, yes yeah yeah, yeah. Right. but, but the, hence that softness yeah, that lovely sort of easy drinking softness you always get with good natural wine like, when they screw it up and don't add sulphur you get faults you get Britannomyces you get mousiness you get all kinds of things mousiness like literally like you've swallowed a mouse yeah um, but well, it, no, well, that was like because this yeah. is is this like an open vat of some the sort and there's like vat, an open, leaves and bird droppings can no, go in there not quite but <laughs> Open concrete vat, yeah, yeah, yeah. Open, open, and, he, and whole bunch somewhat. Um, I think mostly whole bunch, but also he does take some of the, the the stalks off because that can give you kind of green tannins that you don't want. Um, but yeah, really, I mean, it's basically like how wine was made for the first. 8,000 years of it being made and mm, until yeah. really we kind of got all clean and healthy and that's good that we did so you know I really would wish that people would you should only be allowed to make this kind of wine if you're an expert and are careful and this guy is an absolute expert and is really careful and the wines are pure and clean so there's a white he does called Adele which people might know which I've actually had more often than this I only had this once ages ago and I'd forgotten about it to be honest and I was, I was sent it by somebody actually I think was Jean talking about Bougie Booze they have it on their website she as well she was yeah. yeah they have it on their website as well yeah um, but that's... yeah it's just one of those lovely wines the Roots Foods brings it in so it's in a good few restaurants because they mainly supply restaurants but it's in sort of independence around the place Okay well that's that's also rarity because yeah. usually yeah. If, you get, if you get in a restaurant you can't get it in, in a shop and anywhere the, the, the small shops they're making an, an exception for and yeah. so, so I think now yeah, so, so 25, 26 or so I think in the restaurant I paid 50 Three or something, which I think is actually fair. Fifty-five, maybe I can't remember. Mm. Um, but that's okay. It was. I felt it was worth that. And my guests that came with me were like, "Oh my god, oh my god, where's this wine come from? What the hell is this? Oh my god, they just wouldn't shut up about it. We two bottles of it. Um, yeah. But I should mention, Altman <laughs> House. If you're sitting at a restaurant <laughs> table and someone's screaming, "Oh my god," over and over, it, you know, brings to mind his movie scene, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad to hear you enjoyed your dinner, Leslie. Really though, uh, as did the person uh, with you, obviously. Uh, the uh, Ronan says. I saw one of the Spider-Men uh, from the recent film wore a fake bum on set. Yes. Maybe that was the solution. Was that I, Tom? Tom had a, a fake bum on him or another so one? He wouldn't reveal. So he said this, um, I think it was on Seth Meyers or Kimmel. It was one of those shows. Uh, he was talking, he's just said, I'll tell you one thing. One of us in the Spider-Man movie had to wear a fake bum, but I'm not going to tell you who it was. You could probably guess yeah, that. Yeah, you probably can. He's got an skinny arse. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, the way he spoke about it, it wasn't him. Do you know that way? He's because yeah, he was like, yeah. I looked at it and I was like, hang on a second, you know. So I don't think it was him. He's a very skinny Batman. I would have thought though. He, he is a bit skinny yeah. anyway. Yeah. Uh, Tom. Tom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he is a bit skinny. So maybe he did need. Oh, look, maybe he's trying to fool us, and he actually had the butt. Maybe mm. he's skinny, but he's all arse. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what he's, that's what he's implying. Uh, now there's a new dating uh, show. Is it actually inspired by Bridgerton? Yeah, well, it's they haven't said that it's inspired by Bridgerton, but everyone's saying, you know, it it comes out shortly after Bridgerton's success and all these, you know, old uh, what's what era is it? 
the, yeah, you know, whatever. Victorian era, yeah. kind of, you know, ye olde days. All these shows yeah. are coming out and now all of a sudden this uh, this new show is coming out for NBC. It's a reality show. It's called The Courtship and it follows a single lady uh, who is sent to a 19th century castle in the English countryside to meet a group of eligible suitors. They have to take part in carriage rides and boat rides and archery and communicate through handwritten letters and then by the end she chooses which person, which man she wants to end up with. Well, that's nothing like Bridgerton then, is it? (laughs) Exactly my point. (laughs) Esther, uh, what movie would you like to do first? I'm dithering, but I think I really need to unpick the Lionel Richie cameo in Studio 666 with you, Sean. So let's do that first, do we? All right, okay. Uh, Studio 666 coming up after this break. Movies and Booze on Moncrief Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range Lidl, more for you Enjoy alcohol sensibly Visit drinkaware.ie Foo Fighters, you gotta get me a record It's our 10th album We're gonna break the mold on this one Let's Let's go somewhere we've never been This place is amazing do you guys get this overwhelming sense of death? Ooh, doesn't really seem like the right fit. Whoa, it's rad. That was weird. The sound of this house is the sound of album 10. And the Oscar for Best Actor goes to none of the people you've just heard. Uh, that was uh, Studio 666, uh, the, uh, a movie offering from the Foo Fighters. So as you were saying, they, they have to record their 10th album, Esther. Yeah, I mean, it's the evil, foul-mouthed, zombie-loving child of the monkeys and Spice Mm. World, I guess, is what this is. Um, I I mean, there's been a long tradition of bands doing a movie for the crack, and uh, I'm actually quite a fan of Spice World. I'm not ashamed to to say. I thought it was great crack. And I think the spirit of that is what's in here as well. Nobody's nobody's taking themselves too seriously. Um, It's quite a funny script. There is an anarchic spirit to it, which really, really suits the music, actually, of the Foo Fighters. And uh, I had, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. I can't say John Carpenter should be losing sleep anytime soon. I mean, uh, it's it's not like that, but I just really enjoyed the madness of it. Um, it opens with Dave Grohl saying, I mean, Dave Grohl just goes big or goes home. I think he doesn't know any other way anyway. Um the manager's peeved with them. They haven't made their difficult 10th album yet. And he decides, you know, we can't make the same old bleep. Let's go to some cool place. Like when Zeppelin went to the castle and there was a devil and wizards and dragons and bleep. So that's the idea that they're going to go off to this house um, and record this album. So it's, I was kind of going, who's going to die first? Because you know the way the conventions are horror and how you can have fun with them. It's always like the really good looking girl who dies first in the usual horror. So I was going, mm. it has to be the drummer, right? Uh, but it wasn't actually. There are other people uh, get kind of in the way. So what happens is he is uh, listening to this music backwards and he realizes he's um it's demon music and he becomes a monster basically and the the idea of that tying in with musical uh, process is he decides he's going to make this 42 minute long song um, and demand that the band rehearse and and keep performing until they get it right and uh, then 
only when it's like the process of making the music is the only way he can exercise the demon from him. Uh, but the demon starts taking over in the meantime and causing a lot of trouble. Uh, I really had a heap of fun with this one. And that was before Lionel Richie showed up. So, you know, he's going crazy girl because he can't find any musical inspiration. So he starts playing a song which he thinks is his and he's kind of figuring the song out. It's called Hello. And uh, Lionel <laughs> Richie later appears to him in this dream sequence and says, that's my effing song, get your own song. So that's kind of a, it just subverts a lot of stuff. Uh, the first guy to f- face his wrath is, is played by uh, Will Fort, the, the American actor who is the delivery guy. Um, you know he's going to get get it because he meets Dave Grohl and says, I'm a huge fan. You're like my second favorite band after Coldplay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's kind of, a, you know, that's not going to end well for him. If you're into your slasher films, though, I mean, the executions are magnificent. Um, somebody dies by barbecue. Mm. Somebody else dies. Uh, they get guillotined by a drum sim- symbol. Uh, and the, the fake blood is like excessive, like it's so over the top um, violent. Uh, but there's funny little jokes in there as well. Like he, you know, in his demonic state, he d- discovers this note Dave Grohl called L sharp uh, and, and can p- only play it on his guitar. And it's like haunted house noise, but none of the others can play it. Uh, there's a neighbour who, who drops over with cupcakes and is really annoying. You know, things aren't going to go so well for her. Um, and there is a real estate agent as well who uh, meets quite an ending. Uh, so it's a heap of fun. It's a heap of fun. He, you know, st- stuff starts happening. That's really weird. He starts eating his steak raw uh, and actually develops the secret ambition that the 42 minute long song will actually be a song with no ending. Uh, so I think if you are a Foo Fighters fan or even into that genre in general of rock, I think you're going to find a wealth of in-jokes here. Uh, there's probably a load of references uh, that people are really going to get a laugh out of. And I think that's kind of the fun of it. It's uh, For me, though, it's just as a slasher horror, it was the best of fun. That's not to say it's a great film. Mm. Uh, the main problem with it is it's an hour 47. I'm sorry. Slasher movies... 87 minutes tops. Running time is Zombieland. 87 minutes, perfect. That's all you need to tell this story. Uh, and it is a one-trick story. You know, it is like, let's have a laugh at the Foo Fighters where Dave Gold goes. In some ways, it almost feels like a student film in its spirit, you know. Uh, so that is a problem. They could have easily, easily left a half an hour on the cutting room yeah. floor. And it's a pity they didn't do that because it would have been such a better film for it. Uh but it just made me laugh. It made me laugh out loud a lot, I have to say. Is there a, an album tie-in with this? Is there actually a 47-minute song? I don't think so, no. I mean, I, there is a lot of music in it, and I don't know if it's new stuff or, well, you know, Foo Fighters fans will know all of that. Uh, there is a an album called Bone Structure that uh, Will Fort is trying to get made at one stage, and there's a cassette, uh, there's a cassette tape of that as well so you have to wonder whether what they're going to do with that or what they're going to take from that yeah now is this uh is this in cinemas or uh, can you see it it's on, it's in cinemas from today right 18 cert earned in every single bit of it yeah it's uh it's um it's really out there like it's very uh gory and as i say there's swear swear words in it are right okay. so it's, and very it could be the new porkies uh almost 
It um, could be, yeah. <laughs> could be. <laughs> the, uh, sorry, Leslie, uh, um, what was the name of the first one we talked about? Chat, a few people? Chatfu. Chatfu, that's C-H-A-T-F-O-U. Yeah, yeah, which means crazy cat. In, which means in crazy fact. cat. Just yeah. a few Chatfu. people uh, wanted, cute label, uh, wanted to know that. Now, um, Francis Ford Coppola thinks there are too many award shows having won them all. <laughs> Actually, that's such a good point. Um, Yeah, so you'll know him as he's the director of The Godfather. He's a very popular American film director. Um, And he was speaking to Variety and he said, I liked it when it was just the Oscars. I don't like it it so much as a big razzle-dazzle production. He said, I like it more intimate when they had a gentle quality that I think was nice. To be honest with you, Sean, I kind of agree with the whole awards show thing. There's so many at this Mm, stage. Like I wrote down a few of them. You got the Oscars, People's Choice Awards, Golden Globes, Choice Movie Awards, Screen Actors Guild Awards, Kids Choice Awards, MTV. It goes on. Um, so I kind of agree. Like every, I'm constantly seeing a new award show. Yeah, and the Screen Actors Guild Awards are like totally dodge at this stage of the game. Anyway, one would have thought. Yeah, but it's like, surprising mm. they haven't like just got rid of that. Well, one. the Golden Globes is the really bad one, are they not? Yeah, yeah, well, as well. <laughs> there, well, was, no, is it the Golden Globes or, 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 or the Golden Globes is the really bad one? I think the, the SAG Awards were there was like all is sorts this of, about the who's on the board? Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, I can't that even, was the see. Golden this Globes, is yeah. this the issue. Oh, There's right, too many. My mistake. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't keep up with which one was which. Yeah. Okay. The Golden Globes, I think, is is the one that actually does predict things because it actual. Um, the union, like it's like it's like. All oh, right, okay. Union. Well, then I'd yeah. like to apologise. That's great. I just get not that they're listening. I'd like to apologise too for just yeah. agreeing. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah with that. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, you know, as we all know, that the, the hashtag is Putin movies today uh, because of uh, the terrible events that are going on in Ukraine at the moment. And uh, piece of news you might not be aware of uh, that uh, uh, <laughs> uh, one particular group uh, have called for a peaceful resolution to what's going on. A group by the name of the Taliban. I kid you not. Uh, the Taliban have, uh, have appealed for peace in the conflict. But there's a further uh, element now, which is that Sean Penn is in Kiev as we speak. Yeah, so Sean Penn is in, in Ukraine at the moment. Uh, he's film, filming a documentary about Russia's invasion. He appeared at a press briefing on Thursday in Kiev where government officials spoke about the crisis and it was confirmed that the documentary is a Vice Studios production. He actually visited visited. Why can't I talk? Maybe it's that it's that wine, whatever. You, <laughs> but he visited uh, Ukraine in November and started preparing for the documentary and he's currently there now. Right. Now, if he's currently there now, he ain't getting out. I know. Uh, I would have thought. They closed the airports and, you know, you can't get over this massive traffic jams. He's only a little fella. He'll be able to hide, you know. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. No, but it would be interesting, though, because and, and I mean, the Russians aren't too far away from, you know, because they're moving at a rate or not. So, yeah, uh, that's a documentary that might never see the light of day. Yeah. That's... Gosh, that's exciting. <laughs> uh, really, isn't it? Uh, right. Uh, we do have uh, much more to talk about. We have to take a break in the meantime. Back in a couple of minutes. Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl. More for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie. Anyway, Leslie, during the break, was uh, uh, we, we tried this out because we didn't want to be masticating exactly, on air exactly, too much. Exactly, but exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, chocolate cake and this kind of a porty wine. Yeah, right. so it, well, the wine is uh, Gerard Bertrand, who's a well-known, um, actually, he's organic, biodynamic as well, and very, you know, even though he's big. Um, and he makes a, series, a number of wines down in Roussillon um, in the in southwestern France. Roussillon is almost in the Spanish border. So there's a few Appalachians around there. There's Cote de Roussillon, which would be like this. There is Maury, which is a village. And then there is Bagnols, which I think uh, was mentioned last week by Jean. Um, and these are 
wine is that you know, even Jean said they can go with chocolate, but she's not so keen. But I think it just about works. Mm. Just about works. You know, they're, re- they're, they're Grenache mainly. And then what you do is as the Grenache is fermenting, you throw in grape spirit, much the same as you do with port. And that stops the fermentation, leaves some natural sugar left over. Hence, Van du Naturel. There's a few of these around. They do it in the Rhone as well. Um, and so you're left with some richness, some sweetness. And then you, you also have the spirit aspect, which gives a bit of a cut to it and give a bit of a freshness. And uh, the cake I should mention, uh, that I promised them I would is my local bakery in Terenure which is the corner bakery in Terenure they've won prizes for this chocolate cake it's a really rich soft one um, and I just think that this all the blackcurrant and cassis which is kind of in concentrated blackcurrants all those flavours and the freshness cut right through and uh, you could sip it on its own um, or, or, or as I think mm. with chocolate Yeah, right? no it was delicious with the chocolate especially yeah. if you had a little bit of chocolate in your mouth and took a sip Yeah, yeah and really let it just soak in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's yeah. sound weird, but it actually is really nice. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. Just let it soak in. She said, okay. having necked it back all immediately. <laughs> so normally, because it's kind of on the porty end of mm. the scale, what would you normally drink this with? Well, it, it would be served as a dessert wine, basically. Right. Or, or, okay. or, 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 the French love port as a as an aperitif and so they would have this as an aperitif as well. Um, so you could, I mean, you absolutely could have it with something like a really rich you know, darkened, you know, slow cooked uh, beef or something that had loads of sort of smoky flavours. But but to be honest, it's a dessert wine or it's, or it's a drinking on its own as an aperitif, digestif um, and so on. Um, and there's a bunch of these in France. Um, people might remember Muscat de Bonne de Venise. Well, that's a Vendue Naturel where they add in spirit to stop the fermentation. Um, it used to be on every wine list. Um, and it's still around, but that's with white grapes. And so they they tend to be sweet, but they have that sort of cut of the spirit and the, and the freshness. Um, mm. um, and you'll get it in the Southern Rhone. And, um, and it's not unlike port. In fact, port, I think, somewhat works with depending on the port but you know some ports will work with chocolate as well you know yeah um, and what's the ABV on that so then? that is not too bad it's 16 and a half so less than some ports now some ports would be like 20 you know yeah so, um, okay well that's 20. kind of yeah that's, so, that's yeah. moderate enough and about, uh, how much does that cost yeah it's about 25 26 or something so it's not that expensive you know okay yeah, yeah. and, and it is, it's 2010 it's yeah. age you know in fact, yeah. they, they, they used to have some stuff from the 70s from this producer which because he bought an old producer and then bottled a lot of the stuff that was in barrel and uh, like, like literally from 19 1973, this is about five, six years ago, um, but they've, they've gone through all that, so we're on to 2010, which is still, what, 50, uh, sorry, was it 12 years? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah so, um, That's very nice. And uh, shout out the name of it so again. Just Bertrand, so, Maury, um, but if you go into um, any decent wine shop, like I mentioned Green Man Wines earlier, they have a Banyols, mm. um, which, um, and you'll, so Banyols is one, this is Maury, M-A-U-R-Y, Mazamil is another famous producer, English Market in Cork, um, the Bubble Brothers there have a Mazamil Maury, which is really good, that's the most famous producer from the region. Um, but any of these sort of Van du Naturel sweet red wines from southern France will work with chocolate somewhat I think yeah, yeah. yeah you're right you're Absolutely. absolutely right uh, now I suppose a uh, success of a TV show is when people start stealing the props Tara <laughs> yeah that's actually true uh, so The Crown on Netflix it was reported during the week that around £150,000 worth of gems and antiques used in the series were stolen from a lorry which I find really strange because I'm like why would why somebody would steal a lorry yeah. But yeah, well, the lorry thing, fair. But why would you steal a prop? Like, it's they're all replicas. Do you know that way? What what are they going to do with them? You know, because you can't sell them because the selling point is that they're from the crown. And then, I don't know. Look, I'm not. Well, that. if you're a massive fan of the crown or, you know, if you thought it was a really good prop um, that, you know, you might kind of sell it as a, you, you could, know, pretend it's something else. So, Original Queen's Crown on yeah. eBay for 20 quid. <laughs> but then people know you're, you're, so you're the lad who stole all these props. 
Know yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I'm not so fay with the whole pr- yeah. underground prop scene, but I, I imagine there's there's a whole fencing operation they have going on there. Well, look, I'll just get to the point anyway. We'll stick to the story yeah, because okay. because we're obviously not we're we're not you know rehearsed in in thie- thievery theft. Thievery, what am yes. I trying to say? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh God, uh, yes, she really she really did like that first line, didn't I she? Did, yes, I yeah. did. I'm I'm going warm now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there were there were about two hundred items stolen, including an expensive replica of a Russian Fabergé egg. Right. But, yeah. So there were a couple of things: candelabras, jewelry, a grandfather clock, and silverware. And a source actually told the Sun just pointed out that producers have an incredible eye for detail, and every item was meticulously chosen. So it is heartbreaking to lose it all. They're going to have to obviously, well, if they don't find it create new replicas well and if they don't have a storyline in a that involves a Fabergé egg yeah. or a brand <laughs> yeah true but um, I wonder like do they go and buy these or they must have somebody who makes them They, I'd say they had somebody who makes them that makes sense to me anyway you know maybe it's ransom uh, yeah, maybe. maybe they're like you know bit of a payoff and oh, you yeah. get them back rather than paying full <laughs> price to the, fab, the the fake Fabergé maker that uh, makes the, sense you should, you should get into this that they usually uh, uh, go to <laughs> uh, right okay we'll move on to our second movie of the day it is Cyrano here's a clip Good night. what I could no more stop loving you I could no more stop loving you than I could stop the sun rising than I can stop the sun rising really My cruel love has never stopped growing in my soul. From the day it was born there. From the day it was born. There. There. If your love is cruel, you should have killed it. I tried. It has the strength of Hercules. I tried. It has the strength of... Hercules. Hercules. Got anything better? Shh. Do continue. There you go. Uh, that's probably a very famous scene where uh, the actual Cyrano was behind a behind a curtain or whatever, uh, shouting at what he should say. Uh, right. Okay. So, is it funny, Esther? It's it wears its heart in its sleeve. This it's kind of really, really romantic and escapist. And I think because it's a musical, um, that brings another element to it altogether. So it's adapted from a stage musical. This one, um, interestingly, and I think. I, you know, I was watching this going, how did they pitch it to Peter Dinklage that instead of a man with a very big nose who couldn't be loved, that it would be because of his stature? Mm. I thought, who had that conversation with him mm. first? And it turns out it was his wife, actually, who's um, a writer by the name of Erica Schmidt, who I think that fact that that relationship is in there, once you know that, I think it adds a really fascinating layer to the film. Uh, and he previously played the character in an off-Broadway play as well that she directed. So, you know, it's a really interesting take, I think. And I really liked the music in it as well. So I'm not sure if you're a fan of The National, Sean, but the lads from The National, um, Aaron and Bryce Desner, mm. have written a lot of the pop songs um, that are just really melancholy and wistful and lovely in this. And I think that's, as a production, it's beautifully made. And I think it's a good, fresh take on the story. Um, So based on the play by Edmund Rustand, as I'm sure you know, you seem to be quite familiar with it. I I had never seen this. I don't know how I managed to miss the story before. Um, So it was kind of all new to me and, and, you know, the fact that uh, Dinklage was in the, in, in front and centre on it, I really liked because I'm quite a fan, to be honest, ever since I saw him in Elf. Um, 
So, as you know, he's surrounded as this character who's a, a confident man, not shy of a jewel if he has to. Uh, and he has a real way with words. And he is madly in love with uh, his childhood friend, his best friend since they were kids, who's uh, Roxanne, who's played by Hayley Bennett, who's just super here. Um, he's crazy in love with her, but partly because he do- doesn't think he deserves th- that love back because of his height and partly because of fear of losing her friendship. He's kept everything to himself. Uh, big mistake, Sean, big mistake, because she has gone and fallen head over heels in love uh, at first sight with Christian, um, a man she's never even met. But he looks like Kelvin Harrison, so you can get it. You can understand. Okay. Um, and, and out of love for her, I suppose he decides to help the young suitor who is feels the same way about her um, and try and hide his own heartbreak in a way. So it's a real melodrama. Uh, and and that famous scene as you just referenced there is um is beautifully played as well and there I loved the big set pieces for it I I think gosh we all need a bit of escapism this week I think um but my thing with Joe Wright I suppose is there is that sense of of detachment sometimes in his storytelling and I felt that was here in places as well but I do think the cast uh the cast kept me on board especially as I say Dinklage who I thought was just super in it now i don't think he'd be embarking on a music career anytime soon uh he's you know and i kind of like that he is he's even been like doing some chat show stuff in the us with the national and taken to the stage so i do like his brawn and i do think he's proof that performance of a song can be about more than holding a note that's for sure for sure he brings yeah i think i read that he first met the national in dublin uh that it was a gig in dublin they met oh really yeah I did not know that. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, Clara um, says, am I the person who thought the age gap between the two leads was a bit much? I have seen a bit of commentary on that and I didn't see it until I saw the commentary. So hmm. for me, that means I didn't think it was an issue. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just, I didn't take that from it at all. Um, I think because it's a period film as well, there would have been, it wouldn't have been as remarkable as if it was a, mo- a modern day setting, you know, so yeah. I didn't know it didn't bother me. And she's quite a self-determinating character as well, this Roxanne, uh, because Ben Mendelssohn, of course, pops up as Waddy. What else? Um, and he is uh, this duke who wants to marry her and is quite a menacing character and quite powerful. And she stands up to him. So there is nothing kind of shrinking violet about her, even though she's a young character. But I, no, I had no beef for what was on screen at all. Okay, all right. So it was, you know, you're kind, yeah, of, giving, you're kind of giving it a three star there. I'm, I'm giving it a three star. Yeah, I wasn't in love with it as some people, but I, there was a lot I liked about it, especially the music and the, the lead performance, I have to say. Yeah, okay. And a, a film that's coming out. Uh, now, we did mention this before. There's a new Magic Mike movie coming, but there's going to be a female lead. Does that mean there's like going to be female strippers in it now? Um, no. So Channing Tatum spoke about this during the week. He said that he's introducing a central female character. He wants, he, he, he didn't exactly say if she's going to be the lead, but he did say he wants to introduce a central character or just a female perspective in the new Magic Mike movie. And Thandie Newton is their female lead. He announced that during the week. He said he thinks the story should be told at some point through a female's perspective. And what he meant by that was 
this is a quote from him. He said, what the world is to them and how sex or freedom or relationships evolve around their world. So, or her world. So that's, but but I think everyone's kind of going, it's not that deep of a story. You know yeah, that? You yeah, know that exactly, way? yeah. Magic Mike, I mean, it's yeah. just... Get it's magic off. Mike, yeah. like, you know, so he's, uh, I think he's just trying to appeal to. He's just to make, trying to make it sound woke. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me anyway. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah. Did I say this was O'Brien's, the last one? Just in case I didn't. Just, uh, it's a what? It's the O'Brien's. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Like, that was my, some my segue. Yeah. <laughs> was, I'm okay. thinking about Channing Tatum's <laughs> bits yeah. flopping all over the place. And you're on to O'Brien's wines. Where does your brain at? I don't know. Right. That's our that's our lot for today. Uh, thanks to Leslie Tara and uh, Esther. Our production team today: Marisa Sullivan, Aidan McKelvey, Simon Tierney, and Jojo Cardosa. Kieran's up next on News Talk. We'll talk to you on Monday. Have a lovely weekend. Movies and booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl, more for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie.